to see so many of you here and so many visitors. It is a special day indeed. I'm glad you're here. And I hope that you will receive the very blessing and the encouragement that you have come for and that God has in store for you. You notice that the scripture reading that was uh, given by Mr. and Mrs. Gift is in page 782, and uh, basically it's been taken from the uh, verses of the Bible, John 3, 10, and 1 John 5. And it's really interesting how we are reminded over and over again that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son so that who, with whoever believed in him will not perish, will not be lost, but have eternal life. And when you think of how much God loved the world, what it really means that God loves you. And you will notice the title that I chose today is Thankful for You and God's Love. You reverse it, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then it says further how much God really loves you and me. It says, for God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world. Sometimes we get the feeling that we are condemned. And particularly we're condemned by God. God says do this, do that, and if you don't, then he condemns you. And yet the Bible tells us very clearly, for God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, not to condemn you and your lifestyle. He has come here that through him you and I might be saved. And when it says might be, it implies that you're the one that makes the decision. That's it for you. And when you really think of how good God is, He has done everything on His side that's necessary for you to have, as Jesus put it, that you may have life, and have an abundant life and have eternal life. He's done everything for you to have that. Not particularly because of what we want, but because of what he knows that we need and that makes a world of difference. So as we review this, and we should look at it over and over again because it, 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 it's so beautiful. Uh, and, and then to think that God applies himself as our shepherd and we are his sheep. And uh, sheep needs shepherds. There's no question about that. Uh, and then it says that the sheep that belong to me listen to my voice. And that's really what God wants us to do. To really believe in him, trust in him, listen to his voice. Because as we listen to his voice, it is obvious that there must be some other voices that are after us to follow whatever way that voice that's not of God says. And then it says, I know then 
and they follow me, I give them eternal life, Jesus says. They will never be lost, and no one will steal them from me, which implies again that there are people that try to steal you. And God says, if you belong to me, nobody will ever take you away from me. The Father who gave them to me is greater than anyone. That's why we're told in the scriptures over and over again to worship the true God. Because there are the false gods. But you must choose the true God and only true God. And then it says, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Anyone who has a Son has life. Anyone who does not have the Son does not have life. You know, when you really think of the scriptures, that's one area that, that the Bible does say, come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And as you reason with God, everything makes sense. And if you find something that doesn't make sense, you better make sure that you find out how it should make sense. And the best way to do it is from the scriptures, isn't it? It has an answer for all. And then it says, I have written all this to you so that you who believe in the name of the Son of God, may be sure that you have eternal life. Rather interesting that we have Thanksgiving season that's on right now, and it's good to be thankful. In fact, the Bible is full of how we should be more thankful rather than more critical and more uh, negative. Uh, and rejoice, rejoice always, the Bible says. Be positive, because anything is negative, makes us go negative. So even the habits that we form makes us what we are, and that becomes our character. So when you look at uh, what's coming up after Christmas and some of the commercialized places have now made a commitment that they're not going to advertise anything about Christmas before, Easter, before, uh, before Thanksgiving. Did you notice that? Uh, give a little bit of time and, and the possibility of advertising Thanksgiving rather than advertising Christmas before Thanksgiving. So it's rather interesting, but isn't it interesting how commercialized uh, Christmas has become? Amazing. So much so that it has almost come to the place where we forget the real purpose of so-called the Christmas season or the fact that Jesus was born and he was actually sent here for God's soul of the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish and we lose total information as to the purpose of Christmas. So could you allow me to spend a little time with you today in just sort of reminiscing and looking at the scriptures and almost sort of discussing it, if I can put it in a very careful way. If you were to turn to the Bible, to the first uh, part of the Bible, which is of course Genesis, and it says, in the beginning,
God created the heavens and the earth. Science is trying to prove otherwise, but I'm one that has learned by now that the only safety there is is to really believe in the Bible as to what it says. So it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then it shows what, what God created each day. And the morning and the evening were a day. And then on the sixth day, it's very interesting where it says, And God created Adam from the dust of the ground, and then breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's what the Bible says. And then all you have to do is reason it out and look at it, and all at once you find out, ah, oh, if God takes away the breath of life, man turns back to dust. Read it. It's all in the Bible. Rather interesting. But God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Correct? And he told Adam and Eve to dress the place and enjoy it for just a short period of time and then something's going to happen. Is that what he said? No. God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to enjoy and dress it and live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And just before God created heavens and the earth. He made angels in heaven. Even Lucifer, the most beautiful angel. And in heaven, he made them the same as he made Adam and Eve with the power of choice. Can you imagine? It's hard to imagine, isn't it? To think that perfect angels, a perfect Lucifer, have their roles to play in heaven, knowing that they were created, and they could have been there forever and ever and ever. And God planned to make this earth as He made other worlds, and then put Adam and Eve in to live forever and ever and ever and ever, with the power of choice that this could be done through God only and His strength. And would you believe it? What happened to Adam and Eve? God told them what happened in heaven. Lucifer went astray. He chose to think that he could be better than even God. And he could direct and lead in the whole universe better than God. And would you believe it? That God allowed him because God made him with the free power of choice. And it so happened, according to the Bible, that Lucifer was able to deceive one-third of the angels and they were cast out of heaven. This earth was created. Read it on the Bible. I'm condensing it for you. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and God made it very clear to Adam and Eve that there will be somebody here who's going to try to deceive. And God said, you can enjoy it again, but this tree not eat of it, because if you do eat of it, should I read it from the Bible? 
ye shall surely die. Does God perchance say, if you eat of this tree, ye shall surely die? But if you confess to me, then I'll forgive it, and it'll be all right? He didn't say that. He said just what he said. If you eat of this tree, ye shall surely die. And Lucifer came along and said, what did God tell you? And Eve communicated with Lucifer and said, God said, if you shall eat of this tree, you shall surely die. In fact, she also added a little bit more by saying, even if you touch of it, you shall die. But what did Lucifer say? You shall not surely die. Can you imagine how many people believe exactly what Lucifer said today? And yet God said what he said. And this is why it's so important for you and me to reason with God. Not me as a pastor. I'm only here to show you what the Bible says. Not to reason with somebody who you think is so sophisticated in knowledge that they know the answer to everything. No. It's between you and God personally. And you use the Bible as the guide. And the Bible was written by men of old who were inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write it. And all you have to do is ask that same Spirit to help you understand it and to touch your heart. And when you do that, answer it because that's the way he's arranged it to be between him and yourself. It is, it is beautiful how God put it all together. And Adam and Eve partook of the tree because the promise to them was something altogether different that they sort of desired. And as a result, by eating of that fruit, Adam and Eve fell. And since then, you've seen the results in such a short time of what's happened to this world. And it's happening right now, and it's getting worse, not better. And yet, we're told that it is going to get better, but not until something much worse will happen before Christ appears in the clouds of heaven and is here. And this is why so many people, so many people, are more concerned now about life, what Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundant and eternal life. Because people know that something is going to happen very soon. You'd be surprised how many people around the world, in places you hardly know and believe that they know anything but the scriptures, but God's Holy Spirit is touching the lives of all. In fact, all the prophecies that we're told about are being fulfilled, have been, some are right now, and some will be in a very short time, and they all will be fulfilled. But there's one prophecy that Jesus made himself, personally, that will be the last prophecy fulfilled. And that is when he said, this gospel shall be preached to all the world. And then the end will come. What is the gospel? 
God is love? That God is calling all of us to Him to be personal, personal over Him? And incidentally, may I ask you another question? How much of the gospel must one hear according to the Savior? How much of the gospel was here before they have heard the gospel? Some people say, oh, you've got to be almost a theologian. Well, I'll tell you, I have an answer. The amount of the gospel that one must hear before they've heard the gospel is according to the Holy Spirit leading you into knowing what you need to do now and here on to make sure that you're being led by God's Holy Spirit and not by the wrong spirit. That's it. Because eternal life is at stake for you. You know, it's one thing to have life here on earth, which you and I haven't had a choice. I mean, I've been born to a family of 14, nine brothers, five sisters, one father, one mother, and none of us had a choice. We didn't even have a choice to choose the mother and the father we would have liked to have had. My mother couldn't read or write. My dad went to school for six months and just learned how to read his, write his name, and that's about it. But they showed you how to raise 14 children. Did a good job. So here you and I didn't have any choice as to who our mother will be, our father will be, and when we will be born. But we sure have a choice in your second birth to be born again. That's your choice. And when you choose that, you choose your Father too, the Heavenly Father. You choose Christ as your brother, your Savior. And you choose that something that you and I have tried to do it on our own, and that is, well, my intuition is that I should do this, should do that, and make choices. And some are good, but some are horrible. And God says, look, let, let the Holy Spirit help you to make the choices. And if you make a choice that is not good, Jesus says, don't worry about it. Just come, confess your sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And when you're cleansed from all unrighteousness, what are you? But if you confess your sins, can we reason for just a moment? Make sure that they are your sins. Because sometimes we think that they're not sins. So we don't confess. So you have to confess your sins. So what are your sins? That's personal. But also, Jesus made it very clear how you can find out what your sins are. Does anybody know how you can find out what your sins are? Ask him. Be still and know that he is God. Listen to him. Did you know that God was so good to us that even before we asked, he told us what it is. He told Adam and Eve, trust what I say, not what the evil one will tell you, Lucifer. Trust me. 
the same. And when we trust God fully, we'll trust Him. And Him only. If perchance we should trust somebody else and it's wrong, the Bible makes it clear. We confess our sins. But the main issue is, who do you trust? Rather interesting that uh, it tells us so clearly that sin is sin and the wages of sin is what? Death. But how do you know what is sin? There's a Bible verse that says sin is the transgression of law. And the first one is to honor the true God. You see what I mean? It, it's so beautiful. And I'm here to tell you something. Whoever you are, and I don't know you, and I don't expect to ever know you fully because God only knows you in your heart. But in this church, we're happy to help you to know God and your true God who created you and wants you to have eternal life. And I couldn't dare, and I don't think anybody should, think that I could guide you into all the truth and you do it my way or else. No. You do it God's way and only God's way. So here in this church, if you feel impressed to literally say, you know what, I need help. Right in front of you, you have the little long sheet of paper uh, in the pew. And feel free to just put down your name, your address, or your phone number, and then just simply say, look, I'm interested in having some information, some material, some guidance to help me to really know God through the scriptures. I'd be delighted to do what I can to help you, guide you, uh, but only God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit can do it, but we're here, all of us, working together. So, it is very interesting how this all goes together. In fact, it's rather interesting to note that in Mark 16, 15 and 16, it says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Did you hear that? Go ye. That means even you, by hearing my voice, you have a world to go to. And but what you're hearing today, and what you've heard before, which is from God, it's your responsibility to go and help other people. Because there's a point to where Jesus himself will say, He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He which is filthy and sinful, let him be still, filthy and sinful still. There's a time coming when God will finally say, Enough is enough. It's the end of salvation, of the opportunity of having heaven. Reading again, Mark 16, 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You're hearing it, you have a responsibility. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Shall be, he shall surely die. There's no such thing as being tormented forever and ever and ever in hell. God is not that kind of a God. 
power of choice. But as I often say, we don't have the power to choose the consequences of our choice. Read the Bible, it's full of it. In fact, the Bible gives us a whole description in Old Testament and New Testament of people that choose and the consequences they have because of their choice. Both ways. When they choose, even the person on the cross, when Jesus was being crucified, looked and said, Lord, acknowledge him as the Lord. And Jesus said to him, even on the cross, I will see you in the kingdom. Rather interesting that he didn't see him the same day in the kingdom. Jesus didn't even go to the kingdom. So you have to reason to see. What is it that's happening? Amazing. And then, of course, we have the Apostle Peter. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It's beautiful. We cannot repent unless we have something to repent from. And to know that we have sinned, we have to know what sin is. And sin is a transgression of the law. And the choices that you make are the choices that you will make that will have eternity at stake for you. And it is so beautiful. And I may as well be frank with you. I've had to make those decisions. And as a minister, I've got to continually make decisions. And one of the decisions I make is because I can't afford to lose my eternal life by preaching something that's not true from the scriptures. I can't. Because I've even told that when time really gets rough, there will be a lot of people that will point their fingers at ministers of all churches, including this church, saying, you knew, but you didn't tell us. Why didn't you tell us the truth? I can't risk eternity by saying to you something that, well, it's, you know, here or there. It's got to be according to scriptures and scriptures only, and you deserve it for yourself to find out what it is and be honest with yourself and with God. And then here it is. Further, we're told, uh, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy household. It's rather interesting that your influence on what happens goes beyond just your own, because you have a real influence as to what really transpires because of your decision. It's rather interesting that there's one other place where it says, Matthew 28, 19, it says so beautifully, it says, Go ye therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And Jessica, and your little boy, that's just what we're going to do here. Because you have had a life, and you've made certain decisions, and you know what it means to be thankful to God that you're still alive. You and I have had experiences that we're thankful that we're alive. It's amazing how many times we were almost snitched out of this world. So many times. And God is so good to us. And Jessica is demonstrating to us that she's going to be baptized and she wants you to know that she has made the decision of accepting Christ as her personal Savior and her sons in such a way that you will witness it 
and the whole universe will witness it. And then you will be responsible for making the decision that she has made also. And even I, as a minister, say to myself, I have to make decisions daily to be God's person, to be on God's side, to make decisions that are God-like, and to have God transform my character to be safe, to save. God won't take another chance to have people in heaven that will cause another problem. Did you know that? And you know why? Because he still will be able to sin if we want to, even in heaven. Except to say that after the experience we've had, who will want to ever sin to go contrary to God? How could we? Probably wouldn't even get there if we did have that in mind. But God is so honest and so fair that even in the Bible where it says, for the hour of his judgment has come, did you know that the whole universe, and even astronomy right now is finding out that there are other worlds, there's some life somewhere there. And the Bible tells us that, that there is. And the fact that there are other worlds, and in heaven, Lucifer accused God of not being the kind of God he is, or he says he is, and he attempted to change things, and would you believe it? God is on trial also whether he is the kind of a God he claims to be. And every time, Jessica, by you and your little boy saying, I'm choosing to be on God's side, the whole universe knows it. I don't know how, but when you think of how little we used to know and how fast we know what we do know now through the iPad and the computer, oh, come on. That's what man has created? Think of God's ways. Just amazing. So it is just beautiful when I think of how good God is, and uh, all I can say is, while you folk sing, Jessica, your little boy, we'll go and get ready for the baptism. And uh, incidentally, after we're through with the baptism and all, remember there's a lot of food here. We want all of you to stay and just reminisce and tell whoever you're talking to, how good God has been, how thankful you are, and God will bless you in a marvelous way. So God bless you as we go and prepare. Okay.